Moncrief on News Talk. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Now, after the baby boomers and Generation X, Y, and Z, what comes next is Generation Alpha. They're still children. Uh, but already the subject of some sociological study. Dr. Melissa Bonart works for the Children and School Lives Project at UCD. Good afternoon, Melissa. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, so what age range is Generation Alpha? So Generation Alpha is basically any children who were born after 2010. So currently the oldest of Generation Alpha around 13, 14 um, and spans to children being born today. Right. OK. And when will that run out? When when do we get to beat it then? Uh, when we get to beat it? Uh, gener- uh, generations usually last about 20 years. So the next generation will be born in around 2030. OK, yeah. Now, this is just something I, I was after baby boomers. We then went into the higher letters of the alphabet. Why did that happen? Why didn't <laughs> they start from alpha there? I, I have no idea. I don't have any answer for you. It's all, there's no rhyme or reason. I don't okay, think. all right. So now it started with alpha and maybe in a couple of centuries we'll be back to Generation Z again. Exactly. Be a diff- okay, well, that's so confusing. So, but, but given that, that there are kids then, mm-hmm. is there anything you can say about this generation yet? Yeah, there is. I mean, there's still so much research to be done, but we're sort of in the preliminary stages of of getting information and getting good research on a lot of aspects about the lives of primary school children and secondary school children, what their lives are like, their values. So, and and these kind of initial glimpses are are really important because there's a lot of really fundamental social changes that have happened um, already in this uh, in this generation of children. So yeah. it's important to continue And what to would those significant changes be? Well, the, I think the the two main things that I would highlight would be. The fact that these children have grown up in the COVID-19 pandemic, they've, uh, you know, gone through these kind of key developmental stages um, during a pandemic. And additionally, the other really important thing, and this is my sort of particular area of research, is the effect of being this generation that is entirely socialized in the digital age. That's one of the key aspects of this new generation that would be uh really important to sort of uh, suss out the the effects of this highly digitalized context. Yeah. Would that make them that different, though, to the previous generation, given most of their growing up has, has been in the digital age anyway? Yeah, well, so it, there's sort of a distinction that's been made in, in the literature, like theoretically, that this Generation Alpha, the, the main distinction that we have there, obviously, I mean, the children who were born in late Gen Z are also very, very heavily socialized in the digital world, but that children born in Generation Alpha have all been born after 2008, so have all been born after the advent of the smartphone. So they've grown up in this incredibly digitalized context where all digital technologies are incredibly mobile, incredibly accessible, and incredibly app-based and often marketed towards children and adolescents. And so that's what really marks this generation, is this complete um, sort of uh, being completely enmeshed uh, mm. in the digital age. And, and, and again, is it too soon to say, does that change the way in which they see the world? I, I mean, it's... Uh... I mean, it's a complicated question because it, it affects every sort of facet of how children are growing up. I mean, my particular research has been looking at the sort of developing effects of children's digital use um, on their mental health over time. And we've even seen, and um, I was doing some research with a, um, a survey called Growing Up in Ireland, and that has multiple cohorts. So it's looking at children age nine in 1998 and 2008. And already in those, we see that um, three plus hours of screen time is associated with significant significant declines in mental health. And these are in generations where there's maybe 
2 to 10% of children who are engaging in over three hours of screen time. Some preliminary research that I'm doing right now on a project called Children's School Lives at UCD um, has found that children approximately age nine, almost 40% of them are engaging in more than three hours of screen time per day. So that's in just in 10 years, basically, mm, mm. the 10, 15 years, that's an incredible jump in the amount that these children are um, participating in in screen time and how much it's messing their lives. So yeah. it's really fundamental. Yeah, it's an interesting thing that, that uh, and, you know, we're still talking about children, but but it's kind of, you don't, they've grown up in, a, in an era where, you don't have to teach them how to use a phone, but you do have to teach them how to use a book. Yeah, exactly. Now you see you see a lot of sort of anecdotal stories about you know handing children a book and they start swiping. I've on, seen that. Yeah, yeah. exactly on, yeah. The, on the page. So it's again, it's these really fundamental ways, like physiologically even that the digital world and children growing up in this way is is changing them. So I mean, it's it's really important to continue to see what a kind of substantive effects that's having. And uh, an ongoing nightmare for their parents and trying uh, to restrict that. Definitely. So, I mean, that's yeah. a big component of this is, is parenting Generation Alpha in this digital age because it's also important to consider that this is also the first generation who are growing up with parents who are often digital sort of natives themselves and have, you know, these are millennials who have pretty decent digital competencies and so how that's enmeshing with how they're parenting is also very interesting to look uh, at. But, but I would imagine, though, for, for I suppose for the kids who can remember uh, COVID, mm-hmm. that that must have had a profound effect on them because, you know, a very strong sense that the world suddenly came to an end and they did have, you know, a before and after sense about all that. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, if you think about it, the, these are children who, I mean, obviously childhood is so fundamentally important for the development of children long term. So, you know, it caused so many hurdles to this sort of educational development of children, the the social development, um, you know, the, the psychological and physiological components. So, I mean, it's really going to be borne out what sort of effects that's going to have on children having this sort of fundamental period of time in their in their early development where mm. um, all of these kind of, I suppose, taken for granted areas of just this is how children grow up were really fundamentally shifted. Uh, and uh, is, are there any even early indications of what effect that might have had on this generation? Yeah, there, there are some indications. I mean, we see that um, there are ways in which this sort of Generation Alpha, particularly those who went through the COVID-19 pandemic, their social and educational um, kind of competencies are are somewhat lagging behind what you would normally expect for children of that age, which is, you know, sort of intuitive in the sense that they had to be taught online or that, you know, they weren't able to form relationships and friendships at these sort of critical stages of development. Um, so it, it sort of makes intuitive sense. And again, it, it's still to be borne out if that's more of a short-term effect that's, you know, or or if this will have lasting consequences further into their adolescence or yeah. early adulthood. And, and, and I wonder, the digital component of that then, has that played into that a bit in that... Absolutely. I mean, I can't say for sure, but we kind of speculate that that might be one of the reasons that we're seeing this kind of extraordinary, extraordinary jump in screen time is that there was this period, again, where, where people didn't really have any other option. They couldn't mm. go outside. They they couldn't socialize. They couldn't play. So you sort of in, in that situation, parents felt sort of beholden to give their kids, you know, an iPad because what else was there to do? So um it, and a lot of them, were, when they were at home, were being educated on the iPad. That exactly. Was, you know, there, were, there was 
maps a lot of uh, uh, the schools were using. For yeah, stuff. exactly. And I mean, that's that's another thing I think that it will, again, further be interesting to research is the sort of standards that children have in terms of uh, what can be done digitally and what should be done in person. Because since they went through that period of time where they were being, you know, educated online, is that, I mean, obviously going into school, but further when they grow up into the workforce is what sort of expectations do this generation have about um, what should be done digitally and what can be done at home? Is there going to be an increased expectation that education should be done digitally, should be done online, and even work that, you know, that this work from home model should sustain itself because these children know it's possible. Yeah, um, yeah. So that, I mean, I, but I assume that's not a fixed quality and that, you know, the world will probably change as they're growing up. They'll be aware of that change and they'll adapt to it like exactly else. well and that actually is something that we've seen in the research in terms of values of generation alpha is that they have a sort of high degree of, of malleability and adaptability um that has been kind of shown in like initial um initial surveys so again it, so much of this is speculative obviously because mm. they're still quite young but these are the things that we're sort of looking forward to in the research of seeing if there's any sort of significant changes borne out and, and the and the way you know we divide generations down into letters and and make kind of perhaps generalizations about them. How useful is that? Yeah, I mean, it. it that's... <laughs> there's a lot of academic literature that would agree with you there because in, in many ways it is, is, it, it is arbitrary. You mm. know, what's the cutoff and, you know... A, a late Gen Z might be more similar to a Gen Alpha than, you know, what you would classify as, as Gen Z. But it, it just tends to be a sort of useful way, a useful mechanism to be able to discuss these social changes. And and there are concrete differences that we see in different cohorts of people. So it, it's a way both academically and I think sort of anecdotally that you can kind of um, talk about these changes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, of course, Generation Alpha don't know their Generation Alpha yet. Yeah, they're probably too young to. to yeah, I don't know if they're having conversations about <laughs> about generation. Yeah, no, you know. probably not. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully, any parents listening, turn down the radio for that bit. Uh, Dr. Melissa Bonner is a sociologist. She works for the Children's School Lives Project at UCD. Melissa, thank you very much. Thank you. Moncrief weekdays at two p.m. on News Talk.